The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. Welcome, folks, to The Print Files, the podcast from Print21. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Wayne Robinson, the editor of Print21 and the host of this show. Wayne, over to you. Thanks, Grant. And good day, everyone, and welcome to this next issue in the Print Files series on Leading in Print, where we talk to the people leading progressive print businesses to see what makes them tick, how they make the decisions they do, how they carry the weight of responsibility, and navigate in a changing business landscape. I'm delighted to welcome this week's guest, Sandra Duarte, CEO of Centrum Printing. Sandra began her working life as an office junior in a publishing company and was ambitious from the start, determined to make a significant contribution. She joined Centrum Printing 13 years ago as general manager when it was a general commercial printer in Mascot and was part of the leadership team with Percy and Linda Vidge that took a major transformational step for the business when it morphed into a large format trade supplier, buying a huge KBA press and moving to a factory three times the size of its previous location and then buying a second KBA determined to provide a service to the trade. Sandra took the reins as CEO of the business a year ago. In addition to its print activity, Centrum is well known for taking print to the youth, regularly hosting school and youth groups and presenting in schools. Sandra herself has shown a real commitment to showing young people that the print industry in particular and manufacturing in general is a place of great opportunity. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you, Wayne, and it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. Um, Sandra, in your early days, you started as an office junior in publishing, uh, but you knew from the beginning that you wanted to make an impact and climb the ladder. Uh, where did that motivation and drive come from? Yes, well, I actually started as what they called back then a Girl Friday. That's what the okay. title was back then. And um, so I started with the tourism publishing company in, in 1991, and I had just turned 18, um, no experience, um, straight out of school, but I had lots of passion. I knew that I wanted to learn. Um, and I went for this interview and I remember the director asking me, "Could can you type? And I'm like, no. Can you use a computer? I'm like, no. He's like, can you use these? I'm like, no. Um, but I remember saying, look, please just give me a chance. I don't know how to do any of it now, but give me a month. Let me work for you for nothing, for, for one month, and just let me prove myself to you. Anyway, I got the job. And they did pay me actually, so that was a good thing. Um, and then what I did is I started to study at night and I was gaining the experience um, by day. So I, I felt I had the best of both worlds. Um, I was always really creative uh, as a child and I always loved the world of advertising um, and marketing. Um, and I guess being an only child um, to parents who migrated to Australia in 1969, was, they didn't have any support or family or didn't speak the English um, language, um, but they were really hardworking. And my dad also went on later to become the head chef of Doyle's Watson's Bay um, and finished his, um, you know, a certificate in as a chef and mum was in the rag trade. So I guess for myself, there was always from a young age that um, strong work ethic, loyalty and, and perseverance. So my parents really instilled that whole, you need to work hard if you want to achieve something and you never give up. Um, and that whole perseverance thing just, I think, was something that I, I learned from them as a, as a young child. And I knew that I had to always work hard and push through obstacles. So I, I guess that's probably where it, where it all stems from. That's where yeah, it came from, yeah. Those early days, yeah. And those early days, 1991, that was the recession, wasn't it? I mean, it's quite a time to join a business. 
It was. It was a long time ago, absolutely. And I remember being up against many women who had experience and they were looking for an administration person. And I think in the end they, they changed the whole role and I became a Girl Friday and, and the rest is history. And um, I think that opportunity really led me on the path that where I am today. And, and that stems through why I want to sort of pay that forward when we talk later about the young people. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So you're in the publishing company. Um, did you stay in publishing before you joined Centrum Print? I was. I was there for over 17 years. Okay. And then you joined you joined Centrum Print 2008, uh, having ended up or ended up having risen to general manager of the tourism business. Um, what what made you join a family owned print operation at that time? Well, I was working for, for the tourism publishing. It was a family-owned business. It was owned by two brothers who were the directors. Um, and I had worked on the North Shore for over 17 years. Um, so I guess an opportunity to work in Mascot, which was probably 10 minutes from home, was very, very, um, you know, um, enticing and appealing, and especially with a young family at the time. Um, but I'd also known Percy for many years during my publishing days um, where he printed some of my publications and my map work. Um, over the years. So the publishing company I work for is family owned. So I, I was quite used to that, that environment and that type of, uh, type of business. And so when I met Percy, you know, he shared that dream that he wanted to buy the largest press in the country because he'd seen a niche opportunity to produce that large format print in Australia. So I guess my first reaction, I thought he was a little crazy. Um, but then I could see his vision. Um, and I thought he was really on to something. And I thought, well, he's on to something. I love a great challenge. The rest is history. And, you know, I'm still here 13 years on. Um, but also remembering 2008 was a really tough year too. Um, well, I was just was about to say. Business, yeah, that was a really yeah. tough year. Businesses were, you know, going, um, they were closing their doors. Um, and a lot of reputable printing companies we saw. Um, so we spent a lot of time. Um, looking at the operation, consolidating the business and getting it ready to take on that next level and, and fulfill Percy's dream, I guess. Yeah, because you joined your first business in, uh, in the first recession, 1991. You joined Centrum Printing in the height of the GFC, 2008. Yep, Don't move anywhere else. So. <laughs> absolutely so, but there's also a certain passion I think that there is with family-owned businesses that sometimes you don't find in the bigger organizations so yeah yeah and you're right Percy had a clear vision I mean five years after you joined as general manager the business went through that dramatic transformation uh, pivoting away from general commercial print and moving to that much larger factory three times the size uh, making a major investment in the biggest offset presses available first one KBA the 162 then the second one a couple of years later, the 145, and reinventing itself as a large format trade and packaging printer. As part of the leadership team that was making those decisions, some would say courageous decisions to move out of the general commercial print market into something brand new, what were the factors that were influencing you? Centrum, when we looked at it, we couldn't survive uh, in that commercial print space um, as we had been previously. We knew commercial was being um, dominated with technology and online applications. So had Centrum stayed where they were, I don't think Centrum would have been around today. So something had to change in order for the business to move forward. And I guess Percy had the foresight, obviously, to buy this largest sheep fed. And he, he saw something that probably many of us didn't at the time. So we then took on that, went into that space of specialising, not just in commercial, but into that packaging and point of sale arena, uh, which is obviously a growing market as we know it. 
And look, the leadership team, well, that was pretty much Percy, Linda, myself. You know, Percy had the vision and as crazy as we thought he was, um, you know, he he saw that opportunity. So we knew we were entering the uncharted waters, but um, I guess we also knew that we were determined to make it work. And look, we couldn't compete, so there was no option but to lead the way, really. And if we'd done nothing, we wouldn't survive, so we took a big risk instead. And I guess it goes with that saying, if you're going to die, at least die trying. Um, <laughs> you know, well, I always well, you say you would have tried like, in a big way. <laughs> yeah, we did try it in a big way. I always refer it back to, you know, jumping out of an aeroplane or something. I say, you know, I think it was like jumping out of a plane and hoping all our parachutes were going to open. Um, lucky the parachutes did and we landed safely on the ground. Um, but look, business sometimes is about taking risks. And I think unless you try something new, you'll never know if it works. Percy was definitely the visionary and the master. He was the master, uh, the master risk taker, I think, in all of this. I was more like the safety officer, ensuring that the risk would be implemented and brought to life without any casualties. That's how I sort of see that sort of balance of combination. But yeah, I think, look, most of us called us crazy and didn't think we'd probably survive 12 months. And there were times where we thought we were a little crazy as well. But I, I think most successful businesses you look at these days have all had to take some sort of risk or do something where everyone thought they were a little crazy. But for us, look, it's just paid off and, and we're really proud. I must say I'm really proud. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you look back at the businesses, the print businesses of your size, the A1 print businesses that were around in 2008, a lot of them, as we know, are no longer here. Uh, but Centrum Printing, well, the choices you made were vindicated. Uh, the reinvented Centrum business has been a success. I'm sure you had a few sleepless nights in the early stages of the evolution. How did you, as a leader uh, in the business, deal with the stress, knowing you not you're taking a risk, but obviously you're taking a risk with your staff, with their livelihood, their mortgages. They're all on you as the leadership team. How did you, as a as leader, deal with that stress? Absolutely, and and yeah, you're very right in saying all of that. Look, but. I guess I can honestly say that I think the idea of it all was much more stressful than the actual implementation because I think once we made that decision to invest um, in the large format KBA, there was no going back now. Uh, We had direction now. We knew that, okay, we've done this. Now we need to make this work. It became a choice and, and it was like, well, it's that saying, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. We we went in, we threw ourselves, jumped out of that plane, we bought that press and now we're going to make this work because it became a mindset. Um, we didn't try to give it too much power and, and the option of failing was never one we discussed or, or looked at because we were so focused that we were going to make this work. Um, and of course, there was risk. Uh, we all knew um, what could happen. Um we weren't oblivious or ignorant to that, but I think I felt there was much more risk attached to not doing anything um, and keeping Centrum operating as it has been. You know, so there was more risk to my staff and to the business if we had done nothing than there was for us to make a change and hopefully create something better for everyone. And look, it did pay off. Um, so there were many. Look, I did. We did stress and there were some sleepless nights, but I think after the decision was made, we had direction and it was full steam ahead. It was no time to think of anything else, but we are going to move forward and make this a success. Um, and, and and like I said, and we can never be complacent. We're still working hard and, and there's always challenges, and um, but we just have to keep moving and, and doing what we do and it's been great. 
Yes, and yeah, and the business is still effectively the same business as, uh, that you transformed it into. You've stuck with the KBAs. You've got the the same yes. packaging POS trade supply. Yeah, correct. Yeah, the I mean the plan was one well, one press. We didn't realize that, that was the second press wasn't on the um the original vision. <laughs> one was, and then a few years later we found ourselves buying another one, which was a good problem. Um, but yeah, look, it it has the risk did pay off. And we're only looking to take it into, into, the, into the next level, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you'll get a nice Christmas card from Germany every year. Um, <laughs> so, Me too. Um, a year ago, you were made CEO of the company. You stepped up, you've been general manager since 2008. Then you became CEO of the company with Percy taking a step back. Um, how has that been different for you, Sandra? Oh, different apart from the fact that People actually know my name now after 13 years with Centrum. <laughs> Only kidding. No, um, look, with Centrum being family-owned, I mean, I'm used to sort of wearing many hats um, and I'm not one personally for giving too much attention to um, to the titles and whatnot. I sort of um, – I'm really more interested in, in what I do and, and the contribution that I make to the business. Um, however, the title obviously defines the role and responsibility um, – and I have been fulfilling that role as GM and CEO for a while. But as we planned sort of to move the business um, forward in 2020, we felt that taking on that CEO title was a positive move, I guess, for the business and allowed Percy to focus more on his next vision, basically. So, so watch this space sort of thing. Um, and it was positive with the staff too. It, it allowed me to, to become an act as a role model, not just for my staff, but for other women too, considering, you know, careers in senior management. Um, and, I'm, and I'm really passionate about paving the way for the next generation and educating them. So it gives me an opportunity to um, bring my passion into the business as well and create that positive impact um, for those around me. And, and, I, and I guess I bring a part of who I am personally to the role um, and allows me to create a different work culture from above. Okay, and terrific. And what values do you use to underpin your leadership and decision-making? Uh, well, I mean, the, the given ones is for me is, is really respect, honesty and, and authenticity. Uh, they're my three biggest um, values, not just in my leadership and decision-making, but in my own life. So, uh, you know, I believe in keeping it real and treating people with respect and, and listening, having good communication. I think having empathy is, is also so important in business because obviously the last 12 months we've seen it's been so challenging uh, for so many people, their mental health. Um, so it's important that as leaders we're able to identify that and provide that support, especially to our team. But values make up who we are. You know, it, it, I bring my values to to my job every day. Um, and if we take away all the titles and the labels, I mean, we really are dealing with people. We're just all human beings. And I think that that's how I like to operate um, from that level. And I think it works for our people and, and it's better for me to understand them on a professional and a personal level as well. But I guess uh, also one thing for me is being grateful. And I've brought gratefulness into the office. So, most mornings before our production meeting, everyone has to, we practice gratitude. So everyone has to put something up on the board and we have to say what we're grateful for that day. I just find it's a really nice way to start the day, gets people focusing on something positive. Because let's be honest, I mean, print manufacturing is not 
the easiest. Um, you know, it's it gets quite stressful. It's <laughs> no, it's not for the faint-hearted, and it's and it's quite. Um, demanding. Um, so we've brought gratitude into our workplace. We write it up on the board um, and it just sort of sets the tone for the day and it changes people's, you know, viewpoints. So when they're having a bit of a moment and they walk past the corridor, they look at the board, if they need to, they can just refocus and remember, hey, there's some great stuff that I could be grateful for right now while I'm in the midst of this crazy production um, madness. But yeah, it's it's important, and I think also as a leader, I think that it's also important to be a little vulnerable at times. You know, where people used to see vulnerability as a weakness, I think that it's okay to be a little bit vulnerable sometimes with your team. It makes you much more relatable, and you know, it keeps things real. And you know, if you don't believe me, I guess just ask Brene Brown. She's the <laughs> one <laughs> who taught me all about it. So yeah, so that's really important to me. And it, it is, yeah, all of those things I just mentioned are really important for me to to be able to do what I do on a daily basis. Okay, good to hear. In your decision making, Sandra, is there a kind of matrix that you tend to go through when you're faced with decisions? Uh, not really a matrix, um, but I guess when I'm making decisions, um, I guess I need to consider all options and outcomes. Uh, I consider both the impacts, positive and negative, uh, on the business, on the staff. Um, but I think there's also an element of trusting your gut and intuition in business um, because, you know, we all know we can only make the best decisions um, at the time where, you know, with the information and knowledge that we have. And things can change that impact those initial decisions as well. I'm more of a safe player when it comes to making decisions. And I think that's where I mentioned before, it's a great balance between Percy and I, because he's much more of a risk taker. Um, But depending on how big the decision is, um, you know, I'll call on my business mentors and, and, and consultants for advice. But ultimately, I think we know our business and our direction better than anyone else. And look, I think decisions, is there a right or wrong? I don't think anyone could ever say that they've never made a bad business decision or if everyone gave up every time they made a bad business decision, no one would be in business. So I think there's an element of working out, you know, impacts, worst case scenario, understanding how big it is and calling on help when I need it. Um, But really, I think that as we've seen Centrum and look, we just talked about the story of how we got to where we are, that was a lot of you know, just risk and I guess Percy's vision and intuition and his gut feeling, you know. Um, we bought a press with no contracts, no work. It's the chicken and the egg, what comes first. So he took a big – that was a massive business decision. So I think that um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but we can only do the best we can with the information and knowledge that we have at the time. Yes, sure. I mean, And then in your own personal leadership development – is that something that's planned and supported with staging posts, regular external input, like courses, that kind of thing? Or is it more uh, kind of organic than that and it just is developed as it goes along? Probably more organic, I'd say. I think that, look, I never really, um, I never really aspired or grew up wanting to be a leader, I think, if that makes sense. Uh, it was more something I fell into. Uh, I think it found me more than I went looking for it. I think because I work and connect really well with people, I think it's one of my skills that I found that those leadership positions have always um, been available to me. I've also had some really good mentors over the years and worked with some really great business consultants and leaders um, where I've gotten to 
do some training and and they've helped me be the best I can be. I, I guess it's I'm a big believer in you never stop learning. And someone is always going to teach you something. Everyone we meet day in, day out will teach me something. You know, I'll have a meeting, I'll walk away and I've learned something or someone's taught me something I didn't know. And as I said before, you know, I, I bring a lot of who I am as an individual and what I stand for into my leadership style, which allows people to get to know me, but they also understand my expectations too. So uh, just because you're a leader uh, doesn't mean you must operate from a position of, you know, power and authority uh, daily, the power and authority comes with the role, and people know that. Um, but I think my my style is probably based more on honesty, you know, wanting to be approachable and available, but important to be relatable for my team, so that I can ensure that I guess they're performing at their best. Um, so, Sandra, is there anyone that uh, you seek or have sought inspiration from, or been inspired by in leadership? Uh, do you have support in your role as a business leader? Oh, there's so many people um, inspire me. The list is endless. I guess from the likes of Simon Sinek, Anthony Robbins, you know, Oprah Winfrey, Richard Branson, Joe Dispenza, Eckhart Tolle, right through Brene Brown, and I guess the list goes on. There's just so many um, people that inspire me um, and that I, I really listen to and, and, and read a lot of their books and gain some great, valuable information. Um, but however, I guess... Over the years, I've really learned to find my own inspiration and that was through finding my passion Um, and that was through gratitude and and maintaining a positive mindset. And I guess one thing I've learned is that we often look outward to others for inspiration and we tend to forget that we're the vessel for the motivation and positivity and inspiration because it all starts with us and a good mindset is all about choice. So I personally make a a choice to start my day positive and to face challenges and the day with a solution mindset. Um, It does take practice, uh, but it's like anything. Um, If you do it often, you start to become really good at it. I do have a life coach and a business mentor who keeps me in check. Um, So when I have my days, and let's face it, who doesn't? We all have our days. Uh, However, knowing how to reset quickly and get back into that positive mindset is important, especially when you're leading others. Because I'm the example. Uh, I set the tone and the mood from above. So I, I come into work and, and, and people look to me to set that, that tone and that emotion for how the day is. Um, so I have this word, which you've probably heard me say it before, Wayne, I have this word called amazing. So I use this every time someone asks me, how are you? You know, some people say, well, how are you, Sandra? Or I come into work and they're like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm amazing, you know, and I say it with excitement. And often they look at me really strangely like, what is she on right now? Um, but really, I, I'm a big believer in the words that you say feed the mind and the mind then feeds the reaction and the emotion. So if you tell yourself you're amazing, even when you may not feel you're amazing, saying it enough in your mind, you start to believe it and then I, you'll start to feel it. And, I, and, and I'm definite, look, before you all claim me crazy right now, I say, you know, do a week of it. Uh, let me know if you feel the difference. But it is really about staying in that positive mindset. Um, and as a leader, I need to be the example daily. So I find when I come in with that amazing, I've got everyone singing the amazing tune in the office half the morning. I'm like, hey, guys, how are you? And they're like, we're amazing. Sandy, we're amazing. So it's a great word. And you cannot say it without a smile. 
And, you know, it makes you feel good. It makes others feel good because often enough we're all just so robotic and in default with how are you, I'm good, thank you, good, thanks. But it's all about staying amazing and remembering that we are all amazing and and we do amazing stuff, but we don't often credit ourselves. And, And sometimes seeking inspiration externally, I say, let's look for it internally, you know. So give that amazing a try for a week and then you might want to do a podcast just on that. So let me know. So what you're saying, Sandra, is that when you wake up in the morning and having your breakfast, get dressed, you determine, you decide, okay, I'm going to make a positive mental choice here. Uh, 100%. And rather than responding to everything that's thrown at you, you've decided to take a positive attitude to whatever comes your way. That is so true because um, I wake up every morning, I have a routine, I, I go into, I meditate for about 10 minutes and I create, I get a calm mind going, I do my gratitude and that might mean writing five things I'm grateful for in the morning and then I make that decision, I make the decision that today is going to be a great day and then I'm, I'm really set for the morning, it really sets the tone of my day that I'm ready to come into work and of course I'm going to face challenges, I face challenges every day. But it really does allow me to come from a different place. It really does set me in a completely different mindset in order to listen and handle things with a clearer mind. So um, I really have learned that. And I guess, you know, years back, maybe four years ago, I, I sort of had to face adversity head on. And I think it really did change my life and, and really did make me look at things differently and put life into perspective. Um, so yeah, I think attitude is a choice. It really does. And I say this all the time. It takes the same amount of effort to be in a bad mood as it does to be in a good mood. It takes the same amount of energy, but it really is a choice at the end of the day. And we often enough can tell ourselves, oh, I feel this, or I feel that, or I'm not good at this, or I'm not good at that. But the same way we do that, we can just turn that into a positive and say, you know what? I am great. And today is an amazing day and it's going to be a great day. And you tell your mind that enough, you start to believe it. You start to believe it, you start to feel it. Um, And that has been magical for me. It really has. And I found the real difference. And look, I think the staff found the difference as well. I think they see a real difference in it. And it's contagious. It is contagious. So, How long long have you been on this path for? Probably, I'd say, a good four years. Okay. Yeah, so it really did. The last four years, I've really had a great journey of my for myself and personal development, and I've really had to learn a lot about myself and 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 just really making better choices. Um, and and I've learned a lot about mindfulness. So it works. I mean, it's not just crazy jargon and talk that people out there make a lot of money just you know doing. I have practiced it and it has worked for me. So I guess it's one of those things I just want to share with others too. And that's why I bring it into the the workplace because I share it with my team. And then I see the effect it has on them or a simple client conversation. You know, someone will ring or and they'll ask me how I am and I say amazing and they just love it. They'll laugh and then the conversation, then they'll say to me, you've just left me feeling so much better. I'm in a much better mood. And I'm like, see, just one word can change someone's, um, you know, whole attitude or day. So, well, terrific because yeah. in the printing industry, there's many reasons not to be positive. So it's great that you've decided that you're going to approach life and leadership in print in a positive way. And I think that's what's helped me um, move forward the way I have to um, because I have been doing this for 13 years. But it's, you know, things have started, different opportunities have started to present themselves. I'm getting involved in things that are much more aligned with my own passion. And I really think, and I'm connecting with people that are like-minded. So I really do think that mindset 
um, is so incredibly important. And just because we're leaders, um, that doesn't mean that we can't be real people and we can't um, teach others to, you know, look at things differently. Because if my team feels great, you know, I feel great, they feel great, we're going to do great work. How good is that for the business? You know, well, that's if right. everyone's amazing. I'm like, we're all amazing. We just <laughs> say the word out as many times as you want to. It's like an amazing fest, but it gets people inspired. So, yeah, it's great. Your um, Centrum is well known for its focus on uh, local manufacturing, local jobs. Uh, I saw that you were um, you sponsored a shop award, uh, the shop awards the other day. You were a sponsor this year. Uh, what's, the, what's the motivation behind that? Oh, look, I think it's important, uh, you know, where the business is a commercial printing company and it specializes in, you know, packaging and point of sale. That's what we do. Okay. That is the what. But it's important. And, and I think I've learned this from, uh, we talked about um, inspiration before with Simon Sinek, where we talk about the why. Why do we do what we do? Why do we get out of bed in the morning? Why do we come into work? Um, and the why for, for Centrum and for Percy and whatnot and what we have here is that, it's all great what we do, but really why are we doing it? And it's really about trying to create awareness, education for the young people to come into this industry, to keep this industry um, alive and, and growing when when we're all no longer here. Um, you know, there's a lot of great skills, but we're not all going to be here forever. So if we don't pave that way and create a path for the next generation to take on, um, you know, manufacturing, print manufacturing as a career option, well, then, you know, it's not going to be great for the economy and, and for our industry. So that's something that I think kids don't even know these days what career opportunities are available in print manufacturing. And I see it when I bring them in here and they look at things that we produce and, you know, we, we do a lot of the Sony PlayStation boxes and things like that. And they're like, whoa, you know, wow, they've got all this stuff. You guys do all of this sort of stuff. And we, and we explain to them that, you know, there are so many different um, employment opportunities within our industry that they can consider, which they've never even thought of. Yeah, it's been so good to see over the years you, your commitment to young people and to the to the to getting them involved in print, to showing them print. I mean, you take the you go to schools a lot now. Yes. You have youth you have youth groups in and school groups in. Um, how do you how do you as a print leader get in front of them? Do you just rock up at the school and say we've got this great story to tell, or how does it work? <laughs> no. Well, look, Percy and I both are volunteers for Inspiring the Future Australia. So we're part of that organisation where we do get to go into schools and, and we do some mentoring. We work on that with their career days, et cetera. Um, I also have a, um, a pretty great network with various schools and education leaders as well, which allows me to align with their careers advisors and, and get those students in. Um, I'm just about to launch a... Um, a program called I Am Ready, and that's basically an initiative um, and its sole purpose is for inspiring, enabling and creating workplace opportunities for the next generation of Australians. So it's all about engaging young people, helping them discover new opportunities within Australian manufacturing and providing those pathways um, to assist them in obtaining work, new skills and further education. Uh, look, these young people are the future of tomorrow. I mean, we have... We've done a great job. We're doing a great job. We have a lot of skill, but we need to pass the baton. And I think that that is something I'm really passionate about. And as I said earlier, you know, I was given a break. Someone believed in me and that 
is probably why I am where I am today. I want to be able to give that same opportunity back to someone else and believe in them and, and say, guys, look, here's an apprenticeship or here's an opportunity or here's a, a career you may not have considered. And if it changes one one young person's life, then that's great. But it, it is really something that we're pushing more, more now than ever. And it's something I'm going to be doing much more on a regular basis. Yeah, and in some ways, in some ways, it kind of sums up the centrum and your leadership, doesn't it? In terms of being on the front foot and determining to be out there and to be positive and to be directing rather than responding. Absolutely, and it, and it goes back to you know with young people, a lot of the things holding them back is self belief or self worth and things like that. And sometimes all it takes is somebody to give them an opportunity, someone to believe in their abilities, and and it gets them on their way. Um, and like you said, we did sponsor the um, shop association awards. On Thursday night, we, we sponsored uh, the Centrum Made in Australia New Zealand category. And it's all about, you know, reinforcing that Australian made and let's bring work back into Australia. Let's help create more jobs, not just for young people, but for all people um, and help build a strong economy and a strong industry, really. Because at the end of the day, that is the foundation of why, you know, what we do. What we do is printing and we're manufacturing, but we've got to really look at why we're doing it. Um, finally... Leadership, Sandra, can take a toll. How do you achieve balance in your life? Are you able to relax at weekends? How do you, what do you do to relax, to take your mind away from print manufacturing? Yeah, that word balance, balance. <laughs> what we all look for, what we all look for, but it's really hard to find at times. Look, I do try to switch off on weekends as best as I can. I love to meditate um, and I've learned to meditate a few years ago. I feel it really creates that space in my mind. Uh, allows me to come back to that present moment. And as I said before, I do that every morning uh, and at night before bed. So it helps start and end my day in a real peaceful mindset. Um, I also exercise and I enjoy boxing. That's a great stress relief for me. Okay, I try to yeah. do that twice, twice or three times a week. I love to box. So it's, it's really, it's really good. Um, but like many other women, I guess, and it can be difficult because, you know, I also have children and, and home life and work and, and responsibilities. So um, I do try to take time out when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I always know that that's my point where I need to say, okay, it's time to reset. So I think as women or as anyone, it's important to identify those signals when you are feeling a little overwhelmed or a little run down because let's, uh, my job's not an easy one and my weeks are really mentally draining some weeks. So I might just go for a massage or I might just go out for lunch with a friend or take a walk. But the practicing gratitude has really grounded me mentally, I think. So we can all focus on what we don't have or what the week and all the bad stuff that went on. But I think when we shift that way of thinking, it really does bring you to a point of enlightenment and, and puts life into perspective. And look, at the end of the day, I, I really do say you've got to live the life that you love. So we all do what we do. But at the end of the day, we only get one life. This isn't a dress rehearsal. So, you know, I do say eat the cake, buy the bag or take the holiday, whatever that may be. And it's important to be kind to yourself. But most importantly, we, we all have to stay amazing. And that, <laughs> that is the key is to stay amazing, people. Always stay amazing. Well, no one can argue with that. Sandra, thanks so much for your time. It's been fascinating to get an insight into your leadership in print. Um, it's been great to have you on board. 
Uh, it's been great to see the Centrum story over the years, over the past 13 years, and see you going forward, and especially your work with schools and manufacturing in Australia campaign. Uh, but thanks for being on this series of Print and Leadership from the Print Files, and um, I look forward to seeing you at uh, the next event. So thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Wayne. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that's it for this week's issue of the Print Files series, Leaders in Print. This is me, Wayne Robinson, from Print21, signing off for another week. Well, folks, thanks for joining us for this episode of The Print Files. We'll be back in the not-too-distant future with another informative and possibly amazing episode. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.